0: well hello there it is good to see you again and welcome back to advance your wealth with homer smith i am your host and moderator ryan ruff it's good to be back with you all today and as always i'm joined by our star of the show and that's homer smith of course private wealth advisor and we're going to be jumping into yet another wealth management related topic as we typically do here on the show and to frame things up look we all have the standard insurance that helps protect you know us and our finances like auto insurance or homeowners insurance but Are those policies really enough to safeguard your assets if you're faced with, let's say, an extremely big claim against you? So today we're going to be taking a closer look at this idea of a personal umbrella insurance policy, discovering just how important it is in the first place if you have significant assets at your disposal. Ultimately, we're having you ask the question to yourself is, do I need a personal umbrella policy? That's really the heart of today's conversation. Uh, So, but first, before we uh, dive any deeper into it, let's go ahead and bring Homer out and say, hi Homer, it's good to see you today. How you doing, sir?
1: Doing well, how are you?
0: Uh, good, good as always. And Homer, I understand we've got a special guest joining us here on the show today, Miss Jennifer Alamanda, uh, Director of Private Client Solutions over at Sterling Risk. Homer, I understand you obviously have a relationship uh, with Jennifer and you've gone through some different dealings. We're obviously bringing her in as, you know, kind of that p and PNC firm that's really known on a national level to kind of get her insights into the matter. Uh, but Homer, I'd love, you know, if you could frame things up to our audience and uh, introduce us to Jennifer, if you will
1: yeah i think this it's a perfect topic because as we do our family office reviews or our second opinion um, reviews for clients this is one of the areas that almost every time we find that there's holes or or opportunities to improve the protection that our coverages that our clients have and to be honest you know i'd say we're knowledgeable enough to be dangerous on this topic i can recognize if there's an immediate you know major gap there but I'm not an expert on all the little details that are going to make the difference for the client. So it's really important for us that we partner with, you know, really uh, great experts from around the country, depending on what area of need is for our clients. And, and over the last number of months, we've had the opportunity to meet Jennifer and her team at Sterling Risk and have been really impressed with what they've been able to do uh, for our clients that have had those reviews and excited to get, bring her expertise onto the show today to talk about, uh, talk about the subject.
2: I'm Jennifer Alamanda, uh, Director of Private Client Solutions over at Sterling Risk. Thank you, Homer, for inviting me onto the show today. I'm excited to uh, speak to you and, and the audience regarding, you know, probably one of the most important policies there is in, in, in the insurance industry overall is um, umbrella policy.
1: So before we dive in on umbrella specifically, maybe just give a little bit about your background and, and you know, kind of how you got into this world and, and the kind of work that you do for clients in general.
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, so I've been at Sterling Risk for eight years. Um, I run our personal alliance division here. We have, you know, a strong focus in the high net worth space, um, and you know, I work with the team here at Sterling to provide tailored programs for affluent families and individuals. So uh, we work with a lot of advisors. Um, and with the working with the advisors, you know, we would sit there and assess their, their assets and their needs to protect the assets that they have. And we really see what's going to be the best fit for them for their lifestyle um, and to, to protect the exposures that they have. Um, and, you know, working with you and um, some other, you know, wealth advisors, we are able to work together and partner up to put together a very tailored program for the client.
1: Great. All right. Well, we're going to dive into umbrella insurance in, in pretty deep detail today. I'm sure we'll cover um, how it relates to other coverage like they have, like their home and auto as well along the way. But but before we dive into that, just what is umbrella insurance in general? What, what is this important factor that clients need to be considering as a part of their liability protection?
2: Um, sorry, I lost signal over here. I apologize. <laughs> um, so, with regards to in an umbrella policy it's you know it's not a primary liability policy a lot of people look at it as an excess liability policy and um, you know your primary liability lies with any type of property insurance you have if you own a home um or even simple as renting you know a location there's your primary liability for your property and then you also have your auto liability um so your auto policy carries primary liability policy primary liability limits if you own a boat your watercraft policy will cap will carry those primary limits um then you also have you know the umbrella policy will sit over all those limits and provide you excess coverage. So your primary will you know usually max out um, most likely at a million, um and then you have the umbrella policy that will cover you over the million. So if there's ever if there's ever a loss and with any with a property, a boat or an automobile, and those um primary limits are exhausted, you have your excess limits, otherwise known as the umbrella limits, to pick up.
1: Great. So give us some examples. I'm sure you've seen a lot in, in your career um, where an umbrella policy really comes into play. What are the, What are some of those large claims look like that would go over the top of your typical liability limits?
2: So I think today, more than ever, we're seeing the umbrella policies getting pierced. Liability limits are, you know, liability is getting settlements are at an all time high. So the umbrella policies are getting pierced. Um, uh, you know, a few examples would be if you're a homeowner and you're entertaining and somebody slips and falls in, you know, on the stoop outside um, and now they hurt themselves. Uh, You know, they get rushed, they go to the hospital, you know, you're going to have coverage there for them to you know, get the get care that they need. Now they have long-term damage. Now they broke their arm and now they have to go to therapy and they can't move their arm. Um, you know, then they're, you know, the liability is gonna, now they can't, now they can't work and now they need to get loss of wages. So your liability would be covered underneath the primary liability limits of the homeowner's policy. And the, once that's exhausted then afterwards you have your umbrella policy that would come in and kick in so you get sued for a million dollars let's say we we'll get a sued for a million dollars maybe you only carry three hundred thousand dollars in liability on the homeowner's policy you have the umbrella policy that will cover you to protect you where you don't have to go into your pockets to um release those funds then you have an automobile um accident that occurs You know, you're driving. You hit somebody. The other party is injured. Um, They can't work. They can't. They need surgery. Um, Your liability limits are exhausted on the auto policy, and now you have the umbrella policy that would help you. So that's going to kick in. So you get sued for a million dollars there, and now you only have a hundred. We'll say two hundred fifty thousand on the um, automobile policy. Now you have the umbrella policy that will protect you. You're operating your boat you get into a boat in accident you also have the so after like your five hundred thousand dollars we would say was exhausted there you get sued for two million dollars you have your umbrella policy that's going to protect you there um and with that the umbrella policy also covers usually for like any type of attorney fees that are that you know are occurred through through this process so it really takes care of everything from bond to ends to the the policy limits
1: that's great i mean I. I know it's super unlikely, but uh, kind of the example we use with clients a lot to get them to really understand the risk is if, you know, for whatever town they're in, we ask them to think about um, the most expensive private school in your area. And let's say you're just driving down the road and purely by accident, you happen to hit that bus. And whether or not it's your fault and whether or not, you know, how injured everybody on the bus might be, you're probably getting 25 lawsuits um you know from that incident i know it's super unlikely that that would occur but that's you know where that excess umbrella policy is going to be needed because you're going to exhaust your your uh your regular limits pretty quickly so i know you mentioned already um the uh, limits typical limits you see uh when you are reviewing policies for the first time so if someone like me comes along and and says okay our client would like you to review their coverages um, where do you see their limits typically being at on their base coverages, their home auto, and, and what risks or, or gaps do you most often find in reviewing that compared to their umbrella insurance?
2: Um, so I think it varies really on the type of, of the client. Um, so, you know, usually for an affluent individual or family, I usually see a million on the primary for homeowners homeless policy. Uh, that's probably the most common. Um however you probably could go as low as three hundred thousand on on an a uh, homeowner policy. I always like to max out at a million. The cost usually to go from 30,0 000 to a million is is not, you know, is minimum, I mean, it could be only $100, sometimes depending on the carrier. So I think it's always nice to max out. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the auto, that's the tricky part, because you know, if you on your umbrella policy, in order for the umbrella policy to really kick in, you would see, um, they need you need to carry specific underlying limits. So usually they'll say for your property insurance, you need to carry a minimum of $300,000. And then when it comes to auto, you usually need to carry a minimum of uh, $250,000 $500,000, $500,000, um, which is to the two split mi- limits for bodily injury. And then you also need to carry at least $100,000 in property damage. Uh, a lot of times th- that is what the most common that we see. However, there's plenty of times when we're doing reviews where we're not seeing that and we see lower limits than that. If you ha- carry a lower limit than that and you have an umbrella policy, what will happen is if you get into an accident and the liability limits are exhausted and you need that umbrella policy when there's a gap in coverage you're responsible for that gap so if you have a three hundred thousand dollar gap that's coming out of your pocket um you need to make sure you carry the proper limits in order for the umbrella policy to kick in
1: perfect so you know, based on this you know who who do you think i guess has to be particularly concerned with this or, um you know, given what you mentioned at the start, you know, that you're seeing a particularly large amount of of umbrella policies now being, you know, kind of pierced, you know, is this a risk that people should be really concerned about if they've got significant assets?
2: Absolutely. Nobody wants to touch them with, you know, what they've worked so hard for their financial, you know, their, you know, their financials their assets their property that they have you know accumulated you know that everything they built they want to leave to their children their grandchildren you know they don't want to have to you know go into those assets to pay out on a loss and it's really just as simple as doing the proper reviews at a renewal to make sure that the client is carrying the proper limits um you know of things happen during the policy period so i think it's really important that people you know brokers and agents do the reviews to make sure that the proper coverages are in place
1: and what are some of the things you know uh, you know it's not just the level of wealth although i think that's a obviously a big factor the more you know money you have the bigger target you might have on your back but what are some of the other factors that might come along with that wealth that you typically see that increase the risk um where someone should should consider you know making sure they've got a, an adequate amount of umbrella insurance in place.
2: I think it really just gets based on lifestyle. I think that's probably the most important thing when it comes to the you know carrying the proper umbrella limits. So um, I give this scenario a lot, and you probably have heard it, and I think it's just really easy for a lot of people to understand. So you could have two people both worth you know twenty five million dollars, and you know one person just lives in an apartment in the city and really doesn't you know. Sometimes rents a vehicle, doesn't have a car, doesn't travel much, Um, you know, they don't really, they don't, you know, maybe own a little bit of art and maybe two pieces of jewelry. Then you have another person who's worth 25 million, who owns two homes, owns a boat has, you know, a Ferrari has, you know, uh, a Bentley and a Rolls Royce and has a few kids, you know, and they travel a lot, you know, that lifestyle is probably a little bit more risky. So it's even more important for that person to probably carry the higher limits up to 25 million. Um, so I think it's really, I think when we're looking to assess the proper um, personal umbrella limits, I think it's really important working with you know, a risk advisor such as yourself to really understand what their financial portfolio looks like yeah. and then also talking to them and understanding what their lifestyle is. So based on those two factors is two good ways to like really determine the proper umbrella limits.
1: Perfect. You know, so are there aspects of umbrella policies or, or benefits that these policies have that you know, are often overlooked or people don't realize are there other than just the kind of the overriding liability limits above your home and auto policies?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think an umbrella policy, I mean, there's a lot of different things that like, you know, a lot of the carriers we work with, um, you know, they, I think we work with affluent in, in, you know, um, insurance companies, so they really focus in that high net worth space. So the policy contracts are very broad. So it does provide worldwide coverage. So I think that's another thing that's important, especially you have a family that travels a lot. Um, I think it's great to understand, like, they're traveling, they're overseas. Something happens while they're traveling. You know, um, somebody tripped and fall, fell in their luggage and is blaming them and causing, you know, and now raising a suit based on that because they broke their... They broke their ankle doing that, Um, so I think it's really important to understand like these policies are worldwide, so they'll cover them anywhere in the world. I think it's also important that some of these policies if they afford other coverages, not just your, just not excess personal liability limits. You also have, you know, if you employ domestic employees, a lot of a lot of these policies will cover employment practice liability coverage. That's something that could be added on, and that will just cover you if you ever was um, faced with a lawsuit due to a domestic employee suing you for sexual harassment, wrongful termination, defamation of character. Um, and then there's, you know, if you sit on any boards, uh, not-for-profit boards for, uh, there's directors and offices coverage for non-fiduciary responsibilities. So, I mean, those are some other, just some other enhancements on a lot of these policies that they offer. And again, that would just be something based on understanding the lifestyle and the hobbies and needs of the family that we're working with. And based on that, we would figure out if we need to add these coverages.
1: I think that's really important because that's a lot of other areas that these can cover. And, and obviously that often these clients we're working with um, have a lot of those other act, activities. And to to know that you know, for a pretty reasonable cost that umbrella insurance comes with, that it can have pretty wide-ranging protection. So I think that's that's critical. Um, in your opinion and your experience, is there a particular amount of umbrella protection that you know people should be considering? Um if they have sizable assets is there like a rule of thumb that you guys go with?
2: Um, I, you know, typically no. I mean, i I think it just really just I really just depends on what they you know what what they own, you know, if how many properties they own, how many boats do they own, how many high performance vehicles they own? um, you know, what's their lifestyle like? I think that's I think that's the most important thing because you know we, you know, we're in a business, you know, we, we, we don't want to, you know, we're not overselling in any way. We just want to make sure that the right coverage is in place. So I think, again, like understanding their net worth and understanding their lifestyle, usually we work together and we would determine what's the proper limits for the umbrella. Um, you know, I think, I mean, you know, just depending on our client base, I mean, I really don't see anybody... I, in, just in our agency here, I'm going to say that we really don't see anything less than 5 million, you know? Um, but I think it's an average of that 10 to 25 is a lot more than what what we see here. Um, yeah. Again, that's not for everybody. Uh, but, you know, we really just don't, we don't see anything below five.
1: Yeah. And, and our, our rule of thumb, obviously we rely on experts like you, but in, as a general talking point for a lot of our clients, obviously the risk factors really matter. Like to your point is, you know, up to your net worth, you should you should consider having up to your net worth about twenty million in coverage. Yeah. And once you get about twenty million, obviously it's going to be about your risk factors even more more so. But um, again, not every client needs that much based on that net worth. But I think that's a that's kind of what we start them with in the conversation, and then obviously we turn it over to to experts like you to really dial it in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know we, you know cost is a big factor. We kind of mentioned that um, already, but it, you know. What are the factors that influence uh, the the cost and the level of premiums for for policies like umbrella policies?
2: You know, it it depends. So it's covering, you know, really depends on how much we're looking to insure. So how many, you know, what is, you know, what is the umbrella sitting over? So, you know, you could have two people both with a $10 million limit and one person could be paying, you know, um, you know, $2,500 because it's only covering maybe one location. Um, and then you could have another person who's probably going to be paying about $7,500 because they own probably three or four properties. Um, they probably have five or six vehicles. They probably own a boat. Um, so it really just kind of depends on what we're tacking on as, as the um, underlying on the policy. So, you know, that's how usually how the rate factor is. And it also, you know, we also take a look at overall, you know, we'll run like a what we call like a loss run, which, you know, kind of runs claims. So really also depends on, you know, if there, you know, if there's a lot of claim frequency or not, um, and that rate gets factored in as well.
1: Perfect. I mean, it seems like a no brainer, just get as much uh, umbrella coverage as you possibly can. You can, can then kind of do whatever you want and you're protected. Uh, but we know that's not really the case. So, you know, while these types of policies can safeguard your assets uh, to a certain extent and make make our clients less attractive targets uh, for frivolous lawsuits, things like that, what what do what do they not cover? What are the limits um, of, a, of a policy like this?
2: So, I mean, we can go up to 100 million um, with our carriers so we could go as high as that. Um, I typically don't see that um, the highest usually bull I we usually do is 50 million. Um, have I, we've got, have I gotten rates for that? Yes. But with reinsurance costs, I mean, it gets very costly, very, you know, it can be very expensive. So, um, you know, usually that common, the common number is usually that, you know, 10 to 25, we see a lot of here. Um, and you know, and rate factors, like I said, it, it varies by, by the cat with the carriers, you know, which market we're using, um, where it's, you know, where the locations are, if everything is, it, is it inside the U S outside the U S um, New York, Florida, California. Um, so all that stuff is like kind of factored in there. Um, like, it's so I field- I,
1: Oh, so asking it a different way. So that's like total coverage limit, which I, which is great. Cause we actually do have clients that have seen mm-hmm. significant policies like that. Um, another way I'm thinking about it is what, what activities does the clock can the client do where it wouldn't be covered by these limits what what could unwind or, or prevent them from from being able to utilize this kind of coverage
2: um so i mean that's it's got a little difficult for me to answer it's more like a claims question but i i will say that the, the policy is very it's it's very broad these umbrella policies especially with the carriers that we work with um, you know i Don't see too much, too many exclusions. I'm just trying to think of a scenario where I saw, you know, where I found that there was an exclusion. I mean, you know, a lot of people, they need to understand it needs it needs to cover you personally. So if you're operating a business and you're sued, you know, you get you get pulled into a lawsuit with your business, which I have seen before. Uh, where somebody got pulled into a lawsuit, like a defamation of character, and it's regarding their business. Um, And it it was declined, uh, you know, because they need to, they need to make sure they carry, you know, the proper umbrella limits for their business. This is just for personal use only. So I think that's good to, um, to understand. Also, it covers for you and any household members. So anybody that's, you know, still, let's say a family member, like a brother or sister, and they don't reside with you or live with you, I've seen that uh, coverage is declined for them um so you need to make sure that it's you know it's just for that household only um I'm just trying to think of another scenario when
1: I mean, um, you could probably provide more more details on this but I know that there's certain limits like from if you intentionally criminally do something that might end up in a in an injury to somebody else those are areas that potentially it may yeah, not
2: be those are i have seen um i've seen where there's a lot of like litigation back and forth um because it's not you know meant for that stuff um you know an intent and in, in, like an in, like a criminal intent um we would say uh that's not there's no coverage there for that um or like you know or committing fraud in any way like there's no coverage for that um but you know really it's there for you know slander um you know you know, defamation of character and, you know, any type of, I'm just trying to think any type of, you know, in, you know, physical injuries, um, that are caused by, you know, you or a family member, like non-intentionally, um, we would say, don't go beat, don't go and beat up people. <laughs> we're yeah. not, we're not promoting that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those would be some, you know, some good ways to kind of, you know, s- understand what's covered and not covered.
1: Great. Well, um, it's kind of the last of my main questions, I guess. Any any final comments or wrap up that you'd like to, you know, throw in in terms of what what do you think is important for people to consider um, when it comes to their overall coverage?
2: I think overall with, I think this just goes overall with your insurance and, you know, with definitely umbrella policies. Like we said when we started this conversation, you know, I see claims on a daily basis. We have a very large, you know, claims team here and I don't handle things personally, but I am notified when, when, when they're going on, especially when they start when the umbrellas get pierced, I am aware, um, I am made aware of it by our chief of claims. And um, I think that, you know, claims are settling at an all-time high. We see commercials on a daily basis. Contacts, you know, you were in an automobile accident. You know, contact us and our firm will get you the right, you know, the right amount that's deserved. know and it could be as simple as you know you're you know you're stopped at a red light and you just re-ended somebody and now all of a sudden you're getting hit with a two million dollar lawsuit i'm not saying that those lawsuits always settle um but again it's nice to know that you have the coverage there where you're not tapping into your pocket so i think it's really really important to take the time and sit with your you know your broker and really review on what you exactly you have these policies we bind them up sometimes, you know, just even personally being, you know, we own insurance, we own our own insurance personally. So, you know, we, we, you know issue a policy and we kind of leave it and it just automatically renews each year and we're not taking a look at it so i think it's really important if your broker's not reaching out to you to reach out to your broker have the conversation your lifestyle changes every single year you might have came into some family wealth you might have bought a few properties um you know i think it's really important to kind of assess everything that you have to make sure those umbrella limits are the right limits for you And then the other thing is, you know, making sure you have the right underlying coverage. So I think that's very important, like the first thing that we touched on. Um, We see it on a daily basis, doing reviews on other policies or new clients of ours, where there is a gap in coverage. They're not carrying the proper liability limits on an automobile policy or their homeowner's policy. And now there'll be a gap in coverage where the umbrella policy will not kick in. So I think it's really important to take the time and always review what you have.
1: All right. Well, that's been great. This has been very educational and informational. I really appreciate it, Jennifer, for uh, for joining the show today. And I'm um, looking forward yeah. to uh, continuing to work with you and your team and, and um, seeing all the great value you've been providing to our clients. So appreciate your time today.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me and um, we'll talk soon.
0: Fantastic, guys. And hey, look, we're going to take one final moment, though, Homer, for anybody in our audience today that's intrigued by this idea of the personal umbrella policy, or maybe they just have a few extra questions that they love to bounce off you and your team and maybe by way of you and your team also chat with Jennifer and her team. uh, What would be the best way, Homer, that they could reach out uh, and get some clarity and just maybe open up a dialogue with you guys?
1: Yeah, great question. I think it's this conversation really for us is a part of a bigger asset protection conversation. So it's not just around your, your insurance, your auto, your home, your umbrella, but really it's about this bigger idea of, you know, making you a less attractive target for fraudsters, frivolous lawsuits, um, creditors, things of this nature. And so, you know, whether it's making you more anonymous in just your everyday dealings and work environment, um, or for your business, or whether it's, again, just making sure you have the right kinds of liability protection in place, I think it's important that on a regular basis, at least annually, that you review all of the coverages you have and just make sure you have the right coverage in place. So, you know, for as, as always, if you have any questions on this particular topic or are looking for a bigger overall review of your financial situation, you know, we're happy to have you reach out to our team at Convergent Wealth um, and we'd be happy to go through um, a full review of your of your overall situation and, or you know, just this particular issue around asset protection
0: fantastic well look homer and jennifer appreciate you both stopping by and being with us today and of course finally for our audience we also appreciate you guys being with us here today on the show if you took anything away from today's discussion you benefited from it in any way shape or form we'll go ahead and hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you checked us out on today that way you never miss out on any future conversations between homer myself and any one of our esteemed guests that we bring in to dive into these these complex wealth management related discussions because that's what we tackle here and we'd hate to have you miss out on any of those down the road before homer for jennifer i'm ryan we're going to go ahead and say so long now but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on advance your wealth
1: all opinions expressed by homer smith are solely smith's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of integrated wealth concepts llc integrated or its parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by smith on television radio internet or another medium You should not treat any opinion expressed by Smith as a specific inducement to make particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Smith's opinions are based on information he considers reliable, but neither integrated nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. Smith integrated its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided. Smith's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither Smith nor Integrated guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed by Smith or anyone else. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or in the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned by Smith. Before acting on information you hear, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. Investment advice offered through Integrated Financial Partners, a registered investment advisor. Integrated Financial Partners provides investment advisory services through several doing business as names. The information in this material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Integrated Financial Partners does not provide legal, tax, mortgage advice, or services.